Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Confer Culture, presented by Timotheries, the podcast where we talk about the topics that many of us are passionate about. I'm your host Chris Murphy, and this week we'll be talking about my favorite genre of music, uh, heavy metal. <laughs> so I often get surprised reactions when I tell people that I am into into metal and I guess all kinds and in fact all the time when I tell people that I'm that it's my favorite type of music side note my second favorite type of music is like old school Motown so I do have a very eclectic taste uh, in, in in music as a whole with the exception of country and a little bit of pop uh, I don't really like pop music all that much, but there are some exceptions to that. But country music, Garth Brooks maybe, and that's kind of it. Uh, do not like the twang, but that's a whole separate that's a whole separate thing uh, that I could maybe talk about in a future podcast. But uh, I, this week I want to concentrate on, like I said, metal. It's as I stated before, it's my favorite type, and I'll, to give you an idea of what kind of metal I like. Uh, I'll just kind of go through a couple of bands that I have on my iPod. Or not my iPod, I should say. Wow, this isn't like 2006. Uh, my iPhone, I should say. So here's a list of the few of the bands that I have. Fear Factory, Kill Switch Engage, Trivium, Rage of Light, Unleash the Archer, Archers, Once Human, Arch Enemy, uh, Otep. Uh, and I should mention that those... Last one, two, three, four, five bands are actually uh, women-led uh, metal bands, which I'll talk about a little bit later in terms of uh, the inclusivity uh, of, of, of the genre. A uh, few more bands that I have. Architects, At the Gates, August Burns Red, Damage Plan, Dimu Borgir, and if I'm butchering that, I th- believe that they're finished, so I might not... Again, as I've discussed many, many times in this podcast, I cannot pronounce names to save my life. Hate Breed, Insomnium, Lacuna Coil, Miss May I, Rage Against the Machine, Pantera, for some classic, uh, some classic metal listeners out there. Sepultura, Slayer, again, very classic bands, kind of paved the way for a lot of newer bands today. Trypticon, Typo Negative, Wage War, White Zombie, and Megadeth, and Megadeth. It's been around forever, and I'll get into them also a little bit later, too. So the types of metal, at least that I know of, and I did Google a little bit, but I didn't want to get too far into it because like any musical genre, there are so many different types and subtypes that you could easily get into. Uh, these are the ones that at least I know of without doing an extensive Google search. So symphonic metal, uh, anthem metal, metalcore, death metal, goth metal, industrial metal, grindcore, and thrash metal. Of those, I would say my favorite is probably metalcore, just because I like the really screamy kind of uh, um, verses with the clean sang choruses. Yeah, I find it a lot more maybe accessible than some of the other ones, and I think uh, an example, uh, good, some good examples of that genre would be maybe like kill switch engage or uh, miss may i or wage war there those three in particular i think are, are really good examples of that genre and and like i said i feel like it fear factory too a little bit but they're kind of like a crossover between that and industrial metal and they're one of my favorite all-time metal bands i 
yeah, like I said, I feel like metalcore is a little bit more, maybe it's a little bit more mainstream. I don't know. Uh, but I, like I said, I found it more accessible as I was transit transitioning into different types of metal as, as, as I've, uh, aged and, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, I'd really, uh, I really like industrial metal too. Uh, it's kind of different. I do like, as I've discussed on my, uh, Trent Reznor podcast episode, uh, that, incidentally as a side note is the most popular the most played podcast actually according to the statistics on the podcast hosting site i use um so i thought i'd do another musical one because of that uh, people seem to gravitate to that one at any rate as i stated on that podcast i really do like uh sort of the some of the more synthy and electronic sounds and that's uh, kind of why i have gravitated to industrial metal and i, I don't know if uh, this qualifies as if, if they qualify as a metal band or not, but KMFDM back in the day, uh, I know that they were industrial music, but I, I'm not sure if they fall into the industrial metal genre, but I just thought I'd give them a shout out too, because, uh, they were extensively in my playlists in, in the mid nineties. So just to give you kind of an idea of maybe I'll age myself here, but, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of when my fandom started. It started with my, the first metal album I ever owned. And incidentally, I think it was the second CD I've owned. Maybe the third. Um, Use Your Illusion, One by Guns N' Roses was the first CD I ever owned. I know. <laughs> that's that's uh, <laughs> it's kind of dating me. Like uh, I think they came out in 91 maybe or 92. I think it was 91 even. And, uh, the, I don't know if it's the second or third, but I know I bought them around the same time. Uh, I bought, uh, Dirt by Alice in Chains, which is also an excellent album and, uh, Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Uh, it was the, like I said, second or third CD I ever owned and I fell in love with metal. Uh, Dave Mustaine, uh, excellent guitarists. One of the, one of the all, to me is he's one of the all time greatest, great guitarists him and at the time he had an, also another really good guitarist marty friedman who was also i think really underrated but that album it was like their version of uh and justice for all like the megadeth out al- the sorry megadeth metallica album yeah that was released a year earlier because i believe the rust in peace came out in 1990 but uh, at any rate i eventually did own i eventually really got into metallica but uh They've kind of transitioned more into hard rock over the years. Uh, they've got kind of got a little bit heavier too with their last couple albums. But when I think Metallica these days, I think more hard rock. They're kind of on that line. And I did really, really get into them for a while. And I actually saw them live in 1998 uh, in Toronto. And they're they're really good. They're a really good band. Um, it's just I kind of my my tastes have kind of changed. I've kind of gotten a little bit more in like hardcore into the metal, into different kinds, into, uh, more, I guess, angry stuff, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But, uh, back, back to Rust in Peace. I love that album. Like I said, fell in love with metal. It's what got me into the genre. Love Dave Mustaine. Uh, Hangar 18 is such a great, great song. In fact, that whole album is just, it, it's, it's almost like one big guitar solo. <laughs> 
they do a lot of uh of soloing in a lot of their songs uh right from from holy wars to tornado of souls uh and it's just beginning to end like cover to cover that album is just great and uh, it's one of those things I, I think now they're a very political band and it's one of those things where um, I, I tend to gravitate to generally speaking musical artists who have something to say uh, not just like and I think I might have mentioned this before my mom likes some music that has a good beat and that she can dance to her and is fun and that makes her feel good and that's fine and, and it's all good uh, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for liking whatever kind of music they like uh, for whatever reason. You like what you like. I'm a big proponent of that. But for me, I like to be transported somewhere else. I like to identify with the artist. I like to get into the message. And Megadeth was a, is a, they are still a very political band. Their message has kind of gone a little bit more right wing for my tastes. but And their newest newer stuff, I would say, isn't as good. But um, their earlier work, for sure, it's it's very political. Metallica's even in the '80s; they were also a very political band. That's kind of how they started out. And so, I, with that in mind, I think that uh, metal itself really lends to that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of message, like getting out your angst or how you feel about the world or a particular issue, whether it be. Uh, how politicians abuse the system or how there seems like we can never have peace or um, or anti an anti-racist message or how the well-off and the, the the rich abuse their power and you know that kind of gap or how people generally speaking you know don't sort of care about anybody anybody outside their little bubble or um how maybe we rely too much on machines and, and computers and you know uh to like the internet to establish relationships and you know that kind of all those messages are are well represented in the metal genre and it's not too often where you find a band that doesn't have something to say um in the metal genre at least that's been my experience anyway i feel like there are some that just they're just there to break stuff and the i i don't really care for that kind of 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 music and i as you can tell by the the artists in my list uh again like i will gravitate towards somebody with a message um I think that's why I never got into the new metal. I mean, like Limp Biscuit and Corn and, you know, all those bands in the early 2000s that were very... It's not because they were rap heavy, because I do like... I actually do like rap. It's kind of the older stuff before it became all commercialized. Um, but it was more so because they didn't really have anything to say. Like, Limp Biscuit was has a song literally called break stuff and you know one where they just say shut the fuck up and it's like fine i guess if you're feeling if you want to if you're kind of feeling that way you know if you if you that's great if you're an angry teenager but i was well out of that stage by the time they came out um 
by the time they came out with that album and those bands I just never really gravitated towards their their stuff was fine it was just like I said it, it, I just don't think they really had anything to say and that's why they're not around today and why their music isn't really it kind of is still played a little bit but not near the stuff that if you if you're into kind of some of the online radio stations that play a lot of metal or stuff on maybe on Sirius or whatever, they don't play a lot of that stuff. Not usually, at least again, from my experience, they'll play a lot of stuff. They'll play Pantera before they play Limp Bizkit because again, those bands had something to say. And for me, that's what I love about this genre. It really, really is. Um, like it's... I, I listen to metal a lot when I work out, actually. Uh, it gets me pumped and gets me going. That being said, I have been known to listen to Lord or Adele, too, when I work out. So it's not like metal is the only thing I do. Um, or sometimes even when I go to sleep, like, or like when I, I'm sad or angry, I've had a bad day. Like, it's, it's very much a cathartic release, I find. Like, I can, you can easily, I can easily get, at least get my feelings out through a nice... Um, thrashy, screamy metal song that is just you could just, I don't know, feel it in the pity of your stomach. Like I said, just again, like I feel about a lot about this genre the way I feel about Trent Reznor. I have more of a connection to his music, but at the same time uh, I feel like metal make, just makes me feel things and uh, there's a lot of other genres that I really like uh, like I said, like old school rap or, you know, plain industrial music, not industrial metal, or um, like some of the old, like classical, even like classical music, but a lot of that, it makes me feel to a certain extent, otherwise I wouldn't, otherwise I wouldn't listen to it, but not as much as metal. So, funny thing too, actually, as an aside, I, when my, my kids really like pop. They, you know, they're kids, right? They'll they'll listen really to anything. Um, they do have fairly decent taste in music. They don't listen to what I would consider awful music. Although my son really likes Starships by Nicki Minaj, so you know, he he's four though, so <laughs> um, the clean version. To be clear, <laughs> not the one with the 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 swearing in it, because you know he's kind of too young for that, but. Um, yeah, like I said, they don't, anyway, my overall point with that was that, you know, I hear them listening to the pop songs. I can't understand for the life of me what they're saying, like the lyrics. And it's, it's not like it's, it doesn't seem like it's overly difficult. Most of them sing clean and in plain English. Maybe it's cause I don't care enough to want to know what they're saying, or it's just, um, I don't know what it is, but I have a really hard time understanding the lyrics in, pop, in most pop songs. But metal, for some reason, I can listen to it a couple times, and people, uh, a common reaction I get is, you know, all the all those people do, it's just a bunch of screaming, like, how can you understand it? And a couple listens, and I have no problem understanding most of the lyrics. Sometimes, every now and again, I'll have to Google it and see, especially if I really, really enjoy the song, because... I want to know what they're saying, but for the most part, I can just listen to a metal song and just understand. 
and maybe it's just because I have the connection with the genre or because I really, really care and pay attention, then, um, then I, I just know what they're saying and it, it helps me get invested and, and immersed in the music. Whereas pop, it's just a lot of the time you can just, even if you do understand it, you can just almost kind of, I don't want to say dismiss it because that's not, not the right word, but it's more, it's fluffy. It's just, it's empty calories. It's, just, it's kind of there and some of it's catchy, sure. And I don't hate pop as a whole. There's just a lot of it that I just find pointless. Like it's just, it's just there to sell. And that's fine if that's what those people are, if that's what they're there, they're, they're there to come up with a good hook and sell it to people and make lots of money and that's their goal, that's fine, that's their prerogative. And if people like it, people like it, like what you like. It's just, it's not for me. Um, with like Again, with a few exceptions. So, I guess, so growing up, like I said, I guess I got... I started with Rust in Peace, and from there I just started getting more and more into, I just, I kind of stuck with Megadeth, and there was a point in time actually in the 90s, because of the whole thing, uh, well, Dave Mustaine used to be, he started out as a member of Metallica, in fact a few of the songs on Kill 'Em All are credited as him partially writing it. Uh, but he was too much of a druggie for them, which is funny because they were super into booze. They were called, uh, Metallica was called Alcoholica, <laughs> for those people who don't know, because they drank a lot. And especially after their bases got killed in a car accident in 80, after, I think it was 86, might have been 87. Anyway, um, they kicked out Dave Mustaine and th that feud... That was a big feud in all in the nineties, up all the way up until I believe two thousand six, and the documentary came out. Metallica was making their comeback album, Saint Anger, which isn't as an aside, isn't very good. Uh, but they had a documentary, and they kind of made they sort of made peace, and now they're kind of over it. But there was a point in time where you couldn't like both of them, and my band was Megadeth. A lot of the, a lot of other people liked Metallica, and I kind of resisted it for a long time. Which I don't recommend you do just based on being stubborn or just, I can't like, I like this band, I can't like this other one. I, I think that's just sort of the wrong attitude to take and I'll get into that. There's there's another podcast coming up addressing kind of that subject where I'm going to talk about it doesn't have to be an or and I'll get into not just music but other um, areas of interest as well. Anyway, uh, more and more into Megadeth as I got older, uh, once I, I sort of grew out of the whole, I can't like, I like Megadeth, I can't like Metallica, and then I started getting into them, and I started off with, actually Ride the Lightning was my first Metallica album, which is incidentally my favorite, because it has one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, Fade to Black on it. Uh, incidentally, on that album, uh, Call of Cthulhu was really good too. But actually, the whole album's really, really good. But that's that's my song uh, from them. That's my all-time favorite uh, Metallica song. But I just those were the two bands that started me into the metal, like 
the genre and by comparison they're almost rock compared to some of the other stuff that i that i got into um in the mid 90s maybe i want to say around 95 96 i started to get into a band and i still collect their albums to this day and that band is fear factory fear factory has been around since i want to say 92 maybe um they had they i think their debut and it might just be a sample like a demo album but they did release it uh later on as part of their catalog soul of a new machine um replica not re- uh, replicas a song sorry uh demanufactures the album that was the first one of theirs i bought that album is super excellent and it was after they watched term it, for those people who don't know about fear factory they're very two things about fear factory one they're anti-religion and like really every single their every single one of their albums has at least one anti-religious song and they're very a lot of their albums are about how machines are like basically the future robot like apocalypse type deal they have a couple of concept albums that talks about how the machines will eventually take over our lives and um you know sort of subjugate the human race they made demanufacture after watching uh terminator 2 oddly enough uh in fact they sampled um like some of the sounds and uh a some dialogue from t2 for uh, a couple of their songs on demanufacture uh their concept album after that was uh obsolete which is excellent and it's the whole every song is about the how they get to um a police state run by artificial intelligence it's a fascinating album with a lot of good songs on it at any rate uh i bought that not too long after and i started to get into a little bit more heavier stuff then i started to sort of get into pantera and slayer bought a couple slayer albums and then i got into I started getting into some some different stuff. I started getting the typo negative, and typo negative. Again, I want to say they want they started in '93, and it could, again it could have been '92. I had some buddies in high school who were in, super into metal all the time. For them, it was kind of a stage, and they've kind of grown out of it since. Um, where I have continued to just keep listening as I've gotten older, and. Like I said, I got in the typo negative, and they're sort of a goth metal band. Now, their lead singer tragically passed away, I think, in 2007. He had been a hardcore drug user for a lot of his life, uh, and especially when he was touring with his band. And he had gotten clean, but the kind of the damage had been, it's very, like a, I won't say common thing, but I've heard it happen several times to athletes and and athletes who were taking drugs and painkillers and stuff and and people who were you know 
like famous people who were, who had drug addictions where they do it for a long time to get clean and then they die because the damage to their system has already been done. And I, I believe that's what happened with them. He had like a, uh, heart attack or heart failure or something like that. At any rate, they're no longer making music because the lead singer of the band, Peter Steele, I think his name is, who has this, had this remarkably deep voice. And I can't even imitate it, even if I would try. You'd, you'd have to listen to it, but it just, it suits the type of music. And you can tell that they were heavily influenced by The Doors and The Beatles and uh, Black Sabbath and bands like that of this like sort of harder, maybe quote-unquote metal of the 70s. And again, so I started getting into them and buying their albums too, and I really enjoyed their stuff. And it was sort of, you know, how you <laughs> start reading Wikipedia and you start going down that rabbit hole. That was like me with metal. Starting to get more and more into them. And then I discovered uh, Rage Against the Machine. And Rage Against the Machine is one of the all-time greatest political bands Outside of their, I believe it was 90, released in 1996, uh, album Evil Empire, which it's okay, but outside of that, their catalog is excellent. Maybe Renegades is kind of only half good, but uh, their self-titled debut, Ra uh, Rage Against Machine, in, released in 93, and their uh, Battle of Los Angeles, released in 98 or 99, I can't remember which one. Uh, both they're brilliant they're both brilliant and that band is very politically active they did break up and three quarters of the band joined uh um chris cornell uh to form audio slave which i did not enjoy their music it was too it was too light and they had nothing to say and zach zach de la roca who or roca how do you pronounce his last name i think he just went in when and did his own kind of solo projects and stuff, but I haven't really listened to any of those. But Rage Against the Machine, again, was all one of the all-time greats, and they were actually going to tour this year until, you know, the crazy, you know, the pandemic hit, and every single concert ever got canceled for the next couple of years, probably. But, like I said, they were one of the bands who really spoke to me because, again, they had a lot to say about race relations, racism, uh, the imbalance in power, dirty politicians, um, the uh, gap between the rich and the poor, the wars started for, you know, political gain, just again, like every single, even the songs that they, even the song that they did for the Godzilla movie, uh, No Shelter, it's highly political. And they did it for um, this throwaway blockbuster in 1998, but it's, they, they were just amazing and they really, really spoke to me. They're, they're, they're up there in, in, in my favorite bands, and I'll get to my favorite bands a little later, but they're close. They didn't quite make the top five, spoiler, but they're maybe number six they're to me they're that good and they they didn't really put out that many albums but uh they're so influential that i think um well to i know people are still to this day would love for them to get back together and start putting out new content maybe 
um, during the Obama years, they might have had less to say because, you know, there was a you know a black president, right? And, uh, you know, they're very big about minorities' rights and stuff like that. But, <laughs> I mean, considering who they have as president in the United States today, um, you'd figure they'd have a lot to say about it. But I, I don't know the, the inner workings of that band. And maybe there's a really good reason why they don't reunite full-time. Maybe they're just kind of, they said what they had to say and they're done. I, I don't know. But like I said, they were going to do some concerts, a concert tour, and hope maybe maybe they will get back together. I really hope they do because I, I really love them. And Tom Morello is an aside, really amazing guitarist. He has like a, a, actually an online course where he'll, he teaches you not only how to play guitar, but how to do different creative things with it. Uh, he used to do all kinds of, of uh, interesting things with wah pedals and... Uh, different sounds of his getting different sounds out of his guitar and you know he i think he's a really really creative guitarist he might not be like i don't want to say like the greatest not the greatest um uh technically and and maybe he really is good technically but he's more known for his creativity yeah but like i said uh, that that band is just he he's really amazing that band is really amazing so I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about maybe a little something a little bit that maybe some metal fans might disagree with. Uh, and maybe it's a little controversial, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because I've encountered this in the genre and it's probably true of um, a lot of things with niche fandoms. And I won't say like metal has a niche fandom, but in comparison to other genres of, of music, they do. And, and that's uh that that topic is inclusivity and i know like i'm a straight white male i know i can't really speak to persons of color minorities or uh, like women's experience with the with the genre but there is a stereotypical version of a metal fan you know the long hair the um like picture it in your head you know long hair maybe a big big beard or like a goatee or or um you know a bigger guy maybe taller maybe a little bit like maybe muscular maybe a little bit it's usually a white guy it's almost always a white guy with long hair is what people picture and maybe they have like a wife beater on or something like that and you know cut off shorts with like a chain on their wallet or you know what i mean it's there's a very typical stereotypical picture of what people which is why when i you know, I'm 40, I'm 41 years old. I, I work for the government. Um, when, when people find that out, they're like, really? And yeah, I just, I like the music I always have. And it's not, it's never been a phase for me, but there's a stereotypical version of that. And there has been a lot, I feel like over the years. And I found this also in, uh, the other things that I'm interested in that have niche fandoms, like comic books, um, video games, uh, hardcore, like people who are hardcore into film, movie, uh, movies and, and, you know, tell, like critics and, and things like that. And I found that, you know, sometimes this genre is not that welcoming to other people. And in fact, uh, the band, uh, Living Color, uh, they put out, uh, a number of different quite popular songs like uh called the personalities are one of the like it's a 
won't say favorite of mine. It's one I really, really like by them. Anyway, they have talked at length about how they were told repeatedly, you know, I can't remember how many people's in that band, three or four maybe. Anyway, several black guys like shouldn't be playing metal essentially. They've struggled with that. They've talked about how they've struggled with that as a band uh, over the years. And it's a thing, like I said, it's getting, I want to say it's getting better. But again, I can't speak to that because I've never gone through it. But it's happened for uh, some like minorities and it's happened like for women too, for women to get into metal, like metal has always been seen as and as a, an aggressive, it, it can be, but that doesn't mean that, you know, other people can't listen to it. And I find that again, this is just me talking. I can't speak to other people's experience, but I have find that it's, it can be less welcoming, particularly towards women. And I know it's a controversial topic, and I'm sure lots of people will agree, disagree with me on it. But you know, it's like a lot of other, a lot of the other hobbies. If a woman wears a T-shirt with, I don't know, Fear Factory or Metallica or something on like that, oh, you know, you only know who they are. You're not hardcore in the metal like me. List me ten other bands, or tell me a whole bunch of songs that they sing, as if their fandom is less valid. <laughs> Because maybe they only like that one. And maybe they do only like that one band. But there's that barrier. And you know it's starting to. I want to say it's starting to change. Because I didn't know of really any metal bands growing up. That uh, there were women. Even bassists or drummers or guitarists. Or leads, especially lead singers. And. There was a band in the late 90s called Kitty where it was an all-woman metal band. And they were awesome. Like, I had, I still have a bunch of their music on my phone. And I don't know what happened to them. You know, they put out a couple albums and broke up. But that happens with a lot of different bands. And, you know, they... I don't want to say they were trendsetters or anything like that but they're just the first example that i can think of and now as i mentioned like i said in my when i was doing my list of of the bands that i have on my on my phone like there was rage of light which is woman has a woman lead singer leash the arches woman leads archers keep doing that (laughs) that has a woman lead singer once human woman lead singer arch enemy same thing arch enemy started out i believe with a male lead singer but I only think they did one or two albums where it was a man. And then they switched. Uh, They brought in a woman lead singer. They had her for a while. And then she ended up, she got pregnant. And then uh, stopped being the lead singer for the band. Transitioned to being their manager, actually. uh, Because she wanted to basically be there and raise her child. And didn't want to go on tour all the time. And which I can absolutely 100% respect. And they have another, a different uh, woman lead singer now who is like excellent. Her voice is just, I could not get my voice to, to do the, the, uh, the same thing that, that she can. And, or even a- any of these, these women lead singers that they're heavy. It's aggressive. Like it's, it's metal. So like I said, I, th- I think it's really, it's beginning to change as time goes on. And, 
One other band that I didn't mention that I also really like is Otep, and um, they also have a woman lead singer, and again, she's really excellent, and their their stuff is really heavy, and I really like them. And so I really hope it is changing because the more people that I, I think the more the merrier in any fandom, not just not just metal, but the ones I mentioned, like video games, comic books, movies. Like I said, a lot of this, I don't know why nerds are super resistant to anybody else coming into their into their the sphere of their fandom like man i remember being bullied for liking star trek and star wars and being like just liking what i liked back in the day and you'd figure that nerds would be and again i'm generalizing here it's not of course it's not everybody but i find that i i do find a lot of toxic uh, people in fandom and a lot of hardcore nerds <laughs> i use that word i guess but you know i don't really know what else but at any rate you'd figure you would know remember what it was like to be bullied for being into what you were into and then to kind of turn around and do something do the sort of bully somebody out of the fandom because they don't they're maybe not as hardcore as you or they don't represent your ideal of somebody who should you know who have this who should have the same level of knowledge of you it's it's just it just blows my mind and, and and it's absolutely ridiculous and so like i said i hope really do hope it's changing because the more the merrier and i i i love it so much that i just want to share it with everybody like i don't care what race or or you know color or creed or or gender or whatever like you are it doesn't make any difference to me. If you like metal, you like metal. Let's talk about it. Like, let's have a cool conversation about how Fear Factory sort of got too commercialized in the early 2000s or and how they broke up and, you know, they came back and Mechanized was really, really great and um, how they did another concept album, which was really cool. You know, st- let's have that conversation, you know, and... I really hope it's changing and, and and I think it really is and and I'm very happy about that cuz again like I said I I want more people to be into it. Uh I don't know very many people who are into metal I don't want to say like how I am or the way I am but they're just into metal period. Most people just think it's screaming and don't they just kind of dismiss it and at least most people I know and it's real. I I don't find too many metal fans around, and when I do, they're mostly guys. So, I would love to meet a woman who loves metal, and I I actually have once or twice, and like again, it's it's awesome. Or minorities too. It's it's awesome. I think I think it's great. I just I just want people <laughs> to talk with uh to talk to with about metal. I I don't care who you are. I really really don't. And, uh, yeah, so the more inclusive, the better. Like, that's kind of my thing about life in general. So enough about that controversial stuff. Although maybe this next part will be controversial. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to kind of get into my top fives, uh, as promised. Uh, my top five favorite metal bands and my top five favorite metal songs of all time. So here we go. My top five favorite metal bands. These are kind of in no particular order. I don't really have them ranked. 
they move and they switch around from time to time. Um, just based on what kind of mood I'm in or who I'm listening to, or maybe if they put out something recently that I've just, I have on heavy rotation. It just depends. Uh, some notable mentions I like to kick in here. Um, Megadeth uh, is outside this, but just barely. Again, like I said, I've I've gone over why I really like them. Dave Mustaine's amazing. Uh, when they were at their peak with Marty Friedman, Nick Menza, and uh, David Ellison, they were just an amazing, amazing metal band. Uh, they've gone through many permutations um, of, of who they are over the years, but suffice it to say, they're, what really kicks them out of my top 10 is their later work has really, it's kind of fallen off a cliff for me. Uh, partly due to their message, but partly due to it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Their music just isn't quite as good. I think their last, um, their last good album probably for me was United Abominations. And they haven't been, they just haven't been the same after that. And I don't know if it's, it's, if it's Mustaine or what, but it's just, it, I feel like their music's kind of gotten a bit repetitive, but, and that's just me. I could be wrong. In fact, I'm sure I'll get a ton of people who disagree with me on that, but like I said, they got me in the metal, so they, they, they're they just outside the top five, but I got reasons why they are. Rage Against the Machine is another one. I, like, again, uh, I talked about earlier, they're just outside my top five again. They'd probably be number six. What brings them down for me probably is their, although maybe a couple of the bands in my top five don't have a lot of albums out, but the they didn't put together, they didn't put out very many, and maybe they put it four maybe five and i'd say like one of them is not great not really all that good like evil empire is not really all that great and at least i don't think it is and renegades is half good there are two albums that are really are good though are really really good battle of la and, and rage against machine uh but their combined output i think just kind of brings them down a little bit so I'll start off um, with the one that I kind of just kind of just snuck into. Oh, uh, one more notable mention I actually want to say, and they kind of they're a lot like the band that I'm just about to go into, Wage War. I recently discovered these uh, these guys, and they're a metalcore band, and they have I only think two albums. They might have put out another one. I don't know because I haven't uh, done I haven't looked lately, but. They're a really good metalcore band, I think, and uh, they're fairly new. And I think you should cut, uh, you should give them a lesson, but a listen, sorry, not lesson. <laughs> so, with that being said, uh, I'll start with the one that just kind of squeaks into the top five. Uh, they're a band called Miss May I, and they have put out five albums, I want to say, though two of them. Two of them, I think, are absolutely brilliant, and the other three are decent. Now, you would think, hey, what about Rage Against the Machine? They have two brilliant albums, and the other ones are just decent. But uh, I think recency bias is good. I'll be honest, plays a part in this one. Um, I ha always have these guys in heavy rotation when I work out or when I just want to listen to metal. Again, they're a metalcore band. They're very, very good at what they do. They do have one song that isn't even really, I wouldn't even really consider it metal, uh, but it's one of the favorite, one of my favorite songs that they do. Um, 
I just can't quite remember the name of it right now. A lot of, in fact, a lot of the songs actually, I can't quite remember the names of them. But again, they're in pretty heavy rotation. I listen to them a lot. So that's they just kind of squeaking. They just squeak into my top five. Um, there's a band uh, that's been around for a while. Uh, they've kind of gotten a little bit, a little bit more mainstream in the past. Their past few albums because they're just they're one of those bands that. As, as time has gone on, they've grown to do different things. And it's not that their output is bad now. It's just, it's really, it's almost like a polar op, not a polar opposite, but it's really, really different than what they started out doing, which is very thrashy, um, hardcore metal, 10-minute songs with tons of solos and, and very screamy lyrics. And that band is Trivium. Like I said, the last few albums they've done have been... Even close to hard rock and that's kind of just the direction that they've been going and they've kind of taken pot shots at some of their critics who say that they should have stuck to metal and and i just kind of think that's where they've kind of gone as a band they've tried some different things they put out an album that was produced by the lead singer of disturbed which was to me was kind of mixed but their earlier work ascendancy and Shogun, not the Crusade. The Crusade is not very good, but Shogun, uh, although there's a few good songs on that, but Shogun is really good. And uh, In Flames is also really good. Is it in Waves, sorry, not In Flames, which I should also mention In Flames is actually now a pretty decent metal group that I don't have a lot of songs by, but they're pretty good. Yeah, some of their later output, like I said, but Ascendancy in particular is excellent. And I really, really, really do like Shogun. It's like a concept album that uses metaphors based and and lessons based on stories of feudal japan and ancient greece to me that's my favorite album of theirs and whenever i want something like epic and like i said thrashy and hardcore there some of their stuff is almost kind of close to metalcore but i feel like it's a little bit harder um and I really, really like, like I said, I really, really like Shogun. Um, I just can't remember, what's the song off that? Uh, like Callisto. Callisto, like, like Callisto and Star in Heaven. I think it's just called Callisto, maybe. And um, the title track of that, and oh, I can't remember the, 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 I get the extended version of the album, actually. It's really, really good. Again, sometimes I struggle to come up with uh, uh, the names of some of the songs, but I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head because I don't want this to be like super re rehearsed because it's just, it's kind of, it's really, you know, it, the, this genre is like something that I'm super passionate about. But at any rate, I really, really love Trivium. I, for anybody who's like really into thrashy metal, go and listen to their first couple of albums. I think you'll, outside of, the Crusade. Um, I would skip that one, but their first three, four albums, I would say you'll really, really like. Uh, next uh, band uh, in my top five is a band that, uh, that I've mentioned earlier, and they are also a metalcore band, Killswitch Engage. Uh, they've had a couple different lead singers. They had one in their first couple albums, and then they had a different one for a while and then recently they've gone back to their original lead singer um 
I wouldn't have known that had I not read it, <laughs> uh, read about it. And a, fr um, a friend of mine who was working with at the time, he was super big into Kill Switch Engage, and he actually mentioned that to me. So I uh, went and Googled it, and I read about it, and I found it pretty interesting. But their songs, like the, his core... This is one of those cases where the lead singer is actually a really good singer, period. Like, not just a good metal singer. Because he, he can scream and shout and thrash with the best of them. But uh, his clean vocals in the chorus, um, they're just amazing. Like, he's just an excellent... He's got a lot of, of range. Uh, both singers do, actually. And they're well-known uh, in the metal... They're more... They're closer, probably, to mainstream because they did a song for um they did a song for one of the resident evil movies i want to say it was the first one uh what was the some something about uh heartache anyway um again like i'm sorry that i don't know the names of the songs but uh they that that one that's i can't remember again can't remember the name but they they did the they one of their songs was on the resident evil soundtrack so they're a little bit more wi widely known um they also have a song on uh, a video game that i played not too long ago it's like a gta clone where you're in the japanese mob um something sleeping dogs that's the name of the game and they had that uh, they have my curse on it which is one of their really really good songs i really like uh, irreversal which is an older one and again i can't kind of can't remember the name but they've got several different albums and even like their newer stuff uh, strength of the mind is really really good and there's a number on that album there's a number of songs on that album that are also excellent so uh, if you're into metal chord at all kill, kill switch engage you can't go wrong i think they're a really excellent band uh, up next is a band that, again, I've only recently discovered in maybe the past three, four years, but they've been around for a while, and that's uh, Parkway Drive. And Parkway Drive, again, they're another song. It's funny, my top, the, the I wouldn't say my top two, because like I said, they're not really in any particular order because they change a lot, but uh, these last two bands, the thing, one of the big things they have in common are that they're anti-religious, I don't know if they're out and out atheists, but they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they always, they, they often put out songs, um, with the, the that, uh, summarize their disdain for organized religion. And, uh, I'll get into that when I talk about my top five favorite metal songs of all time, uh, here in a moment, but Parkway Drive, uh, they have, <sighs> Uh, like I said, a number of uh, really good albums. They have a bunch of really great songs. There was a newer... Um, I think they have one called In Death's Embrace, maybe. Again, I just I just can't think of the names. I know... I don't, I don't want to spoil the song that I remember the name of because it's in my top five. But um, like I said, they got, they're very thrashy. I don't... They're not metalcore. They... He screams the whole way through. Uh... They're loud. They're in your face. They're in your face. Sorry. They're aggressive. They're thrashy. I put them more on a thrash metal kind of uh, level. But I just I love their stuff. Uh, I downloaded one album and I just started just like I couldn't get enough. I just started just buying slash downloading uh, a whole bunch of their older 
um, catalog and I just went through and, and tossed away the stuff I didn't like and kept, but I kept most of it, most of the stuff I did download because they're, they really are that good. Um, at least, like I said, in my opinion, which gets me, okay. So again, the last two bands, like I said, they have that in common, their disdain for religion. And I've talked about this band already. Uh, and so it should be no surprise that Fear Factory is in my top five. Fear Factory has been a mainstay in my collection since I bought their first album in the mid nineties. I want to say like 95, maybe 94. Uh, Burton Seabell is just, he is Fear Factory to me. Um, uh, they've had a bunch of different, uh, band members come and go during the years. Uh, they had a very, he had a very public feud with Dino Caveras, I want to say is the guitarist. Maybe that's wrong. Anyway, he had a public feud with his guitarist for a while and he left the band and lately he came back and then the drummer and the bassist felt slighted. So they left and one of their albums, they use a drum machine, which you could kind of tell. So it's not as, so they got criticized for that, even though the album itself is pretty good, but, uh, and they faltered a little bit. Like, as I mentioned before in the early two thousands, they got a little bit too commercial they put out an album called Transgression, which the studio they were with at the time sort of rushed them to get out. And one of the band members had described uh, in several interviews that they it was rushed and the studio interfered a lot. And to them, it was only half finished. And you could tell the album isn't really that good. There's maybe two good songs on it and that's it. And then they went away for a while. And then they came back with Mechanized. And Mechanized is an amazing album. And then they did... Uh, what was the one they did after that? The Industrialist. And that's their concept album. And as I mentioned before, that's this this band, they like to do meaningful content and they like to do concept albums. And I really did enjoy that one too. Um, they have a lot of really good songs. Replica, Demanufacture, Zero Signal, uh, Securitron, Police State, uh, Police State 2000, um resurrection they did a remake of the song cars by gary newman where they sampled his voice and had him on it too which i really enjoyed it's a little bit more like it's a little bit more mainstream but i do like it the spoiler song that i'll get to in a minute. i don't want to spoil the song but i'll get to it in a minute because it's in my top five power shifter industrialist is really good Exploitation is excellent like you could just go on and on and on to me they're probably i don't know if they're my favorite metal band of all time but if they're not they're really 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 close uh you could tell by <laughs> by the fact that i actually know song titles <laughs> for this band how much i actually like them and how much i follow their careers and know who's in the band you can tell by how much i know about them that they're one of my favorites so that and they probably are if i had to maybe pick one so that's my top five. Had a couple honorable mentions. I'm sure people out there disagree, and I'm sure I'll get a whole bunch of crap if people decide to uh, contact, like um, maybe comment, or I'm sure people will let me know <laughs> um, their disdain for the fact that I don't know a lot of song titles at the top of my head when I probably should. Maybe I'll get some uh, crap that maybe I'm not a true metal fan, <laughs> as I stated earlier, but I don't care. I just love him. And people have a problem with that they do but uh you're more than welcome to let me know and i'll let you know at the end of the podcast how you can do that uh because i'm doing a little bit of a different thing there but i'll get to that after uh okay so getting into my top five favorite metal songs of all time 
And once again, these are in no particular order. So uh, coming in, uh, I've, I mentioned a bunch of, of Fear Factory ones, and there's a bunch of other songs by a bunch of bands that could easily get an honor, honorable mention here, but there's too many to mention, I think. Um, so I'll just I'll just do the top five here. I won't do the honorable mentions this time, just because these are the ones that I'll play from now until the end of time. Well, my time anyway. Boy, that got dark, didn't it? <laughs> anyway, again, these are in no particular order. So, Hangar 18 by Megadeth. I love the solos in the song. This is the song, again, on the first album, first metal album I of our own, Rust in Peace. This is the, my favorite song from that album. Though I really, really do like Tornado of Souls as well. This, uh, The lyrics are great. I know all the lyrics off the top of my head. Uh, Dave Mustaine and Marty Freeman do a solo duel at the end because that's what they uh, that was kind of their thing there for a bit where one would do a solo the other one would do they would trade kind of back and forth and the end of the song is almost all guitarless solos and uh, side note I actually I was into playing guitar for a while and I had a couple of electric guitars and I tried to learn how to play this song and I could never quite get it down because it's super intricate, actually. Uh, maybe, again, there. I'm sure there are um, veteran guitarists out there who will disagree with me and say it's easy, but for me, I just I could never get it. Uh, it was too intricate for me. At any rate, I love it. Um, a lot of people don't like Dave Mustaine's voice when he sings, but I think it just I, I think it suits the music and suits the band. So, again, Hangar 18, love the song, amazing. The video is really, really cool, too, uh, where they have all the aliens in Area 51, because that's what the song's about. Uh, the kind of government cover-up and how they experiment on, on aliens there and sort of hide it from the world, which I guess is caught on a lot these days, because there's a lot of conspiracy theory nuts out there. But it's not the point. song's great. Uh, next up. You got Masses of a Dying Breed by Miss May I. So, Miss, again, Miss May is in my top five. This is one of the songs. I just absolutely adore this song. And it's kind of about growing as a person and not listen, sort of not going along with what the crowd would want you to do, like how to dress, how to think, how to behave, and just kind of doing your own thing and uh, being. Uh, comfortable with who you are and and again like growing as a person and getting to the point where you're comfortable with with where you are in life and that really speaks to me especially seeing as um that's kind of how my life has turned out for me um i've learned i've grown i've, I've made a lot of mistakes and i've uh, been unnecessarily stubborn but at the same time i just i, I kind of do my own thing and i kind of i'm to the point where i just i just don't give a crap anymore just kind of maybe I don't give a crap anymore about anything just like people tell me I have to be a certain way I kind of don't and it used to bother me when I was younger and it doesn't anymore and this kind of the song kind of represents that for me so uh, next up uh, from I uh, spoke about this band in my top five again probably a number of these songs are going to come from bands in my top five and that's uh, Departure by Trivium this song is quite so it's heavy there's some lighter parts at the beginning, I guess. But the song is about depression and suicide. And it's pretty dark and it's not for everybody. Um, 
this again this i i've dealt with depression before as i've talked about uh in my trent Reznor podcast podcast i've dealt with depression i've dealt, dealt with suicidal thoughts and uh again i'll say the same thing about this song that i've talked about with uh some of Reznor's music and it's identifying with somebody who has felt the same way as you have before and they just deal with it trivium just deals with it in a very angry and aggressive way and they talk about um how they feel alone and, and they reach out to people and they don't get anything like, like they, they reach their hand out and they find nothing there and you know you feel like that when you're depressed uh i don't think it is necessarily always like that but i know a lot of people have experienced that as well and that speaks to me a lot and the fact that there's an amazing guitar solo <laughs> Uh, three quarters of the way through the song doesn't hurt and like I said I almost know almost all the lyrics outside of a few parts where I uh, don't really don't always remember it but the song again as I've said before music when music speaks to me is when I really enjoy it and when I love it and this song has always resonated with me and I always feel it in the pit of my stomach and it's one of those songs that I could lip sync to and look like a fool, but again, I don't care as I've, as I've talked about before there. It's just great. Um, I think it's their best song and I'm sure people are going to challenge me on that, but I really, I, I think it's, I think it's just amazing. Next I'll go to the a song, the one song of Parkway Drive that I remember <laughs> that I didn't want to spoil. Um, it's the song that I think, uh, is the most anti-religious, anti-God song they have out, and that is Sleight of Hand, where they literally say over and over in a, pe- in a part of the song, there is no God. There is no God that could love this world. And they also say, I find no comfort in a life lived on my knees. And I'm like, yep, that's 100% exactly how I feel about God and religion. So anytime that I feel frustrated sometimes about sometimes the general intolerance that people of faith have towards other groups like homosexuals or uh, Christians against Muslims or the other way around. And again, I'm not saying that all people who are, uh, who have faith and believe in God are like this. There are a vocal minority that seems like it's growing in numbers and maybe they're actually not but maybe they're just the loudest voice in the room i know a lot of people who believe in god who are amazing people and excellent people and i don't want to pigeonhole them into this i'm just saying this as a disclaimer but when i see those loudest and hear those loud loud voices proclaim that these people are evil and they're going to hell and it makes me mad. This is the song I listen to or when I'm watching the handmaid's tale, <laughs> because that is, um, that show, uh, really shows the ugly side of, of organized religion and faith and how it's used to keep a certain part of the population under the thumb of those who would seek to to do so and anytime the religion makes me mad sleight of hand and it just encapsulates all of my frustrations about organized religions and religion and faith and belief in god and yeah uh that's really why i identify it and why i like it and it's aggressive and it's angry and i just i love it i just love it to pieces it's it's great 
it's this song would be in my top five favorite songs of all time, let alone top five favorite metal songs of all time, with uh, accompanied by the next song that I'm about to talk about. They'll interchange. They'll go sometimes one and two in terms of metal songs that I love. Uh, again, depends what kind of mood I, I'm in and what I what I have on rotation at the time or how just how I'm feeling. Uh, a lot of, like I said, as I said before, a lot of music I listened to, listened to, I should say, is greatly impacted by how I feel. So this next song, the last song in my top five, uh, Fear Campaign by Fear Factory. And this is on uh, Mechanize, Mechanize, I believe, yes. And it talks about how organizations, be it religious, government, political, whatever, institutions use fear as a tool to manipulate and control people. And it pits you against your neighbor and it pits you against people you don't know and just all for the advantage of this institution or third party and, you know, how we should, you know, it it just describes how that's done and, and how we should... At least what I get from it is how we should kind of rise up and resist that kind of, of, of manipulation. We don't have to be afraid of everybody all the time. You know, the the biggest weapon against fear is knowledge and understanding. And, and I think Fear Factory has often tried to convey that in a lot of their music. But really, for me, this is the ultimate so- their ultimate song that um, gets across that point. And again, it's very heavy. It's got that trademark uh really heavy um fast bass drum that they use that goes along with the guitar and i even though they have used a drum machine in one of their later albums uh oftentimes it was done by a human being and i don't know how a human being can can kick can kick a bass drum that fast <laughs> i it's it's just it's really is something to to behold and listen to um and take in but this band, this this album, sorry, this song sums up uh, how they feel about uh, sort of people who are in power, manipulating people through fear, and and yeah, uh, like I said, uh, it's also got their trademark of clean lyrics in the chorus, and I think Burton C. Bell over the years has really improved as a singer. He's got more range definitely than he had when he started out, and you can definitely hear it in this song, and again... This is a song, if it comes on, like if I toss, I have a metal playlist actually. That's just, obviously it's all metal songs. And if this song comes in through shuffle, I'll, I will always listen to it. I will never skip it. Uh, I love it that much. Again, it's in my top five favorite songs of all time, let alone uh, metal songs of all time. So I've, I've gotten through my top five favorite albums and songs and... I'm just kind of leave it there, I think. I think I've really covered most of why I love this genre so much and why I think, uh, you know, more people should just kind of give it a chance. I know it's not for everybody, and that's fine, but I hope that for people, if you're listening to this and you're curious or if you just started to get into metal and you're wondering maybe where you should start, maybe I've given you a few suggestions that you can take uh, and and go out there and... and look into and maybe give them a lesson and maybe you'll fall in love with them like I have. And because 
like I said, it's music is more of a feeling for me. It always has been, and that's why I've kind of stuck with this genre. It's not that I'm an angry person at all. In fact, I'm quite a laid-back, chill person. It's just, it's very cathartic. It, it helps me deal with day-to-day life and, and sometimes deal with my feelings. And sometimes it's even almost a form of therapy for me. And I kind of, I really can't put into words like how much that I value music with a message. I really, really do. And so... Like I said, if you're curious about it at all, I would highly recommend you just maybe even give it a chance. If you discover it's not for you, that's fine. And if you're curious, maybe go through the list at the beginning and uh, grab a couple that you maybe didn't know it existed or maybe my top five because I'm so passionate about those bands. Maybe you pick up one of those. And if if one person listens to one song that I think I've, uh, I think I've done my job. So, so with all that said, Thanks for joining us this week. Please like, comment, subscribe if you're able. Rate the podcast wherever you listen. Or if there's something you really want to talk about, email me at conferculture at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-F-E-R-C-U-L-T-U-R-E at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Chris Murphy, and this has been Confer Culture. 